Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Lions Meme Cast. I am your host, Nate, the memes guy. Yes, the Lions Meme Guy. That's me. Thank you so much for taking some time to listen to us today. This podcast is everything you love about Lions memes and Lions football. Now, for you in podcast form. Make sure, if you enjoy what you listen to today, to go ahead and subscribe because we are going to be with you weekly throughout the 2023 season. If you find yourself enjoying listening to this podcast today, please go ahead and rate this podcast five stars. That little bit of your time taken out of your day for us is very much appreciated. We are going to have some fun this season, and the Detroit Lions are already having a lot of fun. So let's talk a little bit of Lions Chiefs. Let's take a look around the NFC North, and let's preview just a little bit of Lions Seahawks next week. If there's anything that's clear after that week one win against the Kansas City Chiefs, it's this. Not only can the Detroit Lions hang with the big boys, ladies and gentlemen, as far as I'm concerned, we are the big boys. And people are going to have to start hanging with us. That's what I'm talking about. I love these Dan Campbell coached Lions. It's, it's honestly what you saw Thursday night was what you've been seeing since day one, since he took over week one of the 2021 season when our roster was not nearly as good as it was now, but it was composure throughout the game. It was basically, you know, we're, we're going to play every snap. It's that grit mentality. We're going to play every single snap, and we're going to play hard. And what I love about the evolution of that core process and that core idea is that we kept our composure the entire game. It's ugly to see the horrible officiating that continues to happen. But guess what? Lions teams in years past, do you know what they would have done when, we, when a barrage of bad calls or lack thereof were coming our way? Those Lions teams of old... They would have folded. They would have, they, they would have backed down. They would have cowered against that. I think about Green Bay, hands to the face, Monday night a couple years ago. It was egregious. Guess what? We still could have overcome that and won the game. But guess what we did this week? Instead of saying, oh, crap, we got screwed. Oh, well. No, we overcame those bad calls because guess what? That's what great teams do. Great teams find a way to win, even on a day when your team is not having their best game. And, oh, also on a day when the calls aren't really going your way. Guess what? The good teams find a way to win, and that's exactly what the Lions did. Okay, it's week one. The Lions are only 1-0, but guess what? The Detroit Lions look like a good team. And I just love, I love our coaching. I want to start with the fake punt. What was so brilliant about that, well, first of all, when that fake punt happened, it was just like, oh my gosh, we did not just do that. I was shocked. It took me even after Amon Ross scored that beautiful touchdown and they, that amazing drive happened after that, I was still in shock. The game goes to commercial and I'm like, uh, um, did, did, did we just fake punt on the second drive of the game from our, from our own 20? Like, did we just do that? Heck yeah, we did. And the stones on Dan Campbell. It's so dang brilliant because Dan Campbell does it at the exact moment you least expect it until it happens. And then you're like, Oh, that's freaking brilliant. And you think about it. On the first drive of the game, you go three and out. You got fourth and short. Okay, yeah, this is the time to pull trickery. Like, you would think, no. Dan Campbell's like, I'm going to do it on the second drive of the game, our second possession, after we had already punted the first time. I'm going to do it on the second possession inside 
our own 20. Yes, that's when I'm going to do it. In the execution, shout out to Dave Phipp. David Phipp, our special teams coach, just a super underrated part of our coaching staff, minus the performance of our kickers from time to time. But again, overall, he's done a solid, solid job. And what I loved about that moment watching the broadcast is that immediately after we converted the fake punt, the broadcast, it, it cuts to Campbell, and he's looking like a boss, and it cuts to Andy Reid, and he looks mad. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, Dan Campbell outcoached out Andy Reid. And that's not a slight to Andy Reid because he's one of the best coaches to ever do it. Super Bowl winning head coach. When he's done, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. And then you look at the Chiefs special teams coach who is in shambles. I mean, it was just so funny. Like, you just got, you just got Dan Campbell. You just got brand new Lion. Probably the most brilliant part of that fake punt was what happened after that because that fake punt was exactly the spark that our offense needed. And then they put together a, a beautiful drive. And Amon Ross St. Brown, I mean, how special is this kid? Gosh, the sun god himself. Remember, he's a fourth-round pick. Brad Holmes knows what he is doing. And then after that early success on offense, we have a few blunders. Okay, we have that drive. We, we're, we're driving down the field, and then Marvin Jones, back with the Lions, has a critical fumble. I mean, I just feel, I'll just say this. I love Marvin Jones, and I'm not here to dog the guy. In fact, I'm his biggest fan. I respect the heck out of what he did for us when he was with us for those few years here in Detroit. I still think he's a dog. A really unfortunate time to, oh yeah, did you know that was his first ever lost fumble in his entire career? I mean, that's just crazy. And so, a really unfortunate fumble from him. But you have to listen, and I'll play the soundbite here, you have to listen to what Jones said after the game. Uh, big ups to them and our, our running backs and um, just everybody, the, the, the receivers, except for me, but uh, it's, it's okay. I, I'll get y'all I'll get y'all another game. He's built different. I, I just res- I respect Jones so much as a player and, uh, you know, as uh, just as an individual. Now, obviously, he has to perform, and I, I do think he'll bounce back, and I, and I hope that he does because he's an easy guy to root for, and he's done a lot of good being on our team for all those years. But he fumbles, okay, unfortunate. And then we get back in the red zone again. Then the week one sloppiness kind of creeps in. And, and then the, you know, the Jared Goff, Ragnall center quarterback exchange gets, gets screwed up. And then, you know, we get backed up 20 yards and we have to punt. And we go into halftime down 14-7. And it was so funny because you go into halftime and it's only 14-7. But for whatever reason, I don't know about you, but I just had that feeling. I'm like, I just felt kind of defeated. I'm like, man, those missed opportunities are going to, kick us in the butt there's those turnovers are are killer because when you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs the defending Super Bowl champs you got to play clean football you 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 can't be making mistakes and I was just like man those are gonna cost us those are gonna be killer well sure enough brand new Lions showed up brand new Lions reminded us of what we're all about couple minutes into the third quarter, 11 minutes left. On a third and six, Mahomes drops back, looking for Kadarius Toney. Boom, picked, rookie, Brian Branch, taking it the other way. Absolute Lions euphoria. Picked off off by the Lions. Brian Branch with it left side. He's going, baby. He's going to the house. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. I needed a pacemaker. I I needed somebody to check my pulse after that play because I went 
absolutely berserk. I went absolutely crazy, as I can imagine all of you did too. <laughs> that play was awesome. You just gotta love Brian Branch. He's just a humble, hardworking guy, really likable. And what a moment for this rookie. First play, first game in the NFL. You not only intercept Patrick Mahomes, but you're taking it back for a pick six in their place. That's just stuff of dreams. And I loved an interview from the other day of Branch saying that he's probably watched that pick six a thousand times, or at least a hundred times. Guess what? You're not alone, my friend. I'm pretty sure that all Lions fans have watched that play a hundred times. That was huge. That changed the game. That changed the whole momentum of that game. Okay, you have the branch pick six, but then the game after that is just a kind of a ugly, low-scoring, close battle. But then the Lions defense continues to show up in the second half, limiting the Chiefs to only a field goal in the, in, in the third quarter. But then all of a sudden, 10 minutes left in the fourth, Lions are backed up in their own territory, and you're just like, ugh, the Lions, we, we need to get... A drive going. And guess what? Brand new Lions show up again. Jared Goff in the Goff fence had a big boy drive. Goff in the Goff fence. 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Third and 12 from your own 25. Goff drops back. Pressure in his face. Throws a dime to Josh Reynolds for the first down. you love to see that chemistry between Goff and Reynolds. Seven years in the making going all the way back to Los Angeles in their time together as Rams. You just love it. They're stepping up in big moments, and that drive was beautiful because guess what we did next? We pounded the rock and fed the beast that is David Montgomery. I'm already loving our running backs this year. I loved our backs last year, but although it's only week one under our belt, I think it's obvious that we have made significant upgrades at the running back position. Gibbs looks amazing. Just imagine what he's going to look like not on a pitch count when he's fully unleashed. And Montgomery is so much more than pound to ground. This guy is a little shifty. He's got some speed. He's not super fast, but he's a beast, and he runs hard in between the tackles, and he's a really solid back. And, of course, that beast, David Montgomery, caps off that drive with an awesome touchdown. And, man, we're feeling it. We're going to Arrowhead. We just had a big score in a game. But, uh-oh, who's that dude on the other side of the ball? Yeah, it's Mahomes. We cannot let up yet. A little bit of back and forth. Lions have a possession. Chiefs have a possession. We have a really clutch stop by uh, Josh Paschal. Lions get the ball back. That leads us to two minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth. It's a fourth and two near midfield. Campbell elects to go for it. I am a fan of the call. Not a huge fan of the play call and execution, nonetheless. And the Lions fail to convert that fourth and two. And let's be honest, at that moment, all of us were getting pretty nervous because we're like, oh my gosh, did we... Just give the ball to Patrick Mahomes, the fourth quarter, two minutes left, at the 50-yard line. We're all thinking, okay, we've seen this before. Not only just seeing Mahomes win a game, but how many Lions games have we seen end like that? Well, guess what? Brand new Lions showed up again. We are some dogs. All right, so first and 10 for the Chiefs. Mahomes tosses it up to Kadarius Tony. Tony comes in clutch for us. All right, we catch a break. He drops it. But then, second and 10. Oh, man, Mahomes throws it for a first down. But wait a second. Holding. Offense from 79. 10-yard penalty. Second down. Finally. Finally, a holding call against the Chiefs because something I have yet to talk about on this podcast today 
was the Chiefs' new slot receiver, Jawan Taylor. Oh, excuse me, the right tackle. I read by a count of 21 times lined up offsides, held Hutch numerous times, wasn't called, a lot of missed holding calls, a lot of false starts missed, but guess what? Lions overcame it, and guess what? The refs actually called when we had something go our way. We got that holding call in a critical moment. The Chiefs, instead of converting that first down, the field is flipped. It's second and 20. And then it's another incompletion. Now third and 20. Mahomes drops back, tosses it up. And C.J. Gardner-Johnson almost has a chance to end the game with a pick. He doesn't. That's all right. He breaks up the pass. And then Andy Reid elects to go for it on fourth and 20. I still don't know what he was thinking. But guess what? Another call in our favor. A false start. False start. Offense number 74. Five-yard penalty. Fourth down. I mean, finally, this dog, the new slot receiver, Jawan Taylor, gets called. And Reed still goes for it on fourth and 25. I don't understand why he does it. And of course, McHolmes, he escapes the pressure, chucks it up. But guess what? Doesn't matter. Ball's tipped. Incomplete. Lions take over with two minutes left in the game. But of course, that leads us to one minute and 47 seconds left, a third and two. All the Lions need to do is to get a first down and the knee it out and the game's over. We go home with a win. Well, guess what? The best offensive line in football with the beast, David Montgomery behind them, runs for an easy first down. Lions win. Pack the bags. Start the plane. The Lions went home with a victory. Third and two. Montgomery shifting forward. Has the first down at the 20-yard line. They go into Arrowhead Stadium. The NFL opening night. Defending Super Bowl champs. The Chiefs at Arrowhead doesn't matter. Lions walk away with a win. Just like that. And yes, shout out to that one awesome Lions fan who had the sign that said Jared Goff is undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah, not only has he beat him once when he was with the Rams, he beat him again. Jared Goff is Patrick Mahomes' kryptonite. You gotta love it. And of course, at the end of the game, if you caught it on the broadcast, which if you didn't then, no doubt you heard a lot about it this week, was Mike Tirico's comment. Not the same old Lions, but one and old Lions. This has an asterisk because of no Chris Jones and no Travis Kelsey. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! I've just discovered that I cannot say this word. I've read it so many times this week. It is harder to say than you think. Well, Mike Tirico puts one of those bad boys in front of her win. Now, granted, he did give the Lions credit. Context is always important. But when asked again about the comment, Tariko doubled down. And, of course, Dan Campbell has the best response. How do you just feel about that type of mindset coming out of it? Because the fans were lamenting it. It's going to get your thoughts about it. Well, is there an asterisk by the 1-0? and oh? If you're not convinced this team is different, I don't know what to tell you. We go in and win a game that really we didn't have business winning. We go in, we beat a team, a tough team, a, a, a tough task. We win a national primetime game, first game of the season against the defending Super Bowl champs, and we win it. It's a tough, gritty game, but guess what? We come out with the win. The Lions are a good team. Is this a week one overreaction? Yes, it probably is, but guess what? We get another chance to prove it against the Seahawks this week. And I'll tell you what, the Lions have some goals and aspirations this season. Again, the brilliance of Dan Campbell keeping everything in front of them because the Lions understand as a team that they have not done anything yet. 
They haven't won the NFC North. They haven't won a playoff game. We've heard that ad nauseum. We get reminded of that ad nauseum as Lions fans. But the important part about mentioning that again here is that Dan Campbell and the team, they know that, which means they're hungry to achieve those things this season. And I got to say, the NFC North is the Lions' division to lose this season. Let's take a look at around the NFC North this past week, week one. We had the Tampa Bay Bucks taking on the Minnesota Vikings, the very much overrated 2022 NFC North champs, Minnesota Vikings, that is, because, man, gosh, was that team so overrated. I don't mean to sound like a hater, although my job as a Lions fan is to dislike our division rivals, so I digress. But, man, they got so dang lucky last season. And guess what? Their luck ran out in game one against the Baker Mayfield-led Bucks. It was an ugly game. And guess what? Kirk Colts Cash Cousins had two fumbles. It's hard for me to hate on Kirk because he seems like a nice guy. But he is the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, so I must talk trash about this guy. Cousins had two fumbles. Justin Jefferson looked to be in shambles after the game. You see, the luck for the Vikings, I think, has run out. They will no longer have the division and all of those games handed to them like they did last season. I mean, it took the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL last season for the Vikings to beat the lowly Colts. I like our chances against the Vikings this year. We finished 5-1 in the division last season. We should have finished 6-0. We blew a double-digit lead to the Vikings, of course, in that first matchup last season. Again, it's week one. You had a bunch of teams that should be good that just laid an egg. So what do I know? But I'll tell you what, we should be defeating the Vikings. It's not going to be easy, and I think we can sweep them this year. Then we turn our attention to the late game. Bears, Packers, of course. Golden boy, Jordan Love, getting his first start in the post-Aaron Rodgers era. And, of course, he lights it up. Three touchdowns, woohoo, whatever. Yeah, kind of annoying. But also, look at the tape. If you watched that game, where was Love making these throws to? In the middle of nowhere. Because that's where Packers wide receivers were. They were absolutely wide open in the middle of nowhere. Not a Bears defender in sight. With Jordan Love, I'm not too convinced yet. The Bears were the worst defense in football last year. And as far as I'm concerned, they're not that much better this year. If we can end Rodgers' career in Green Bay, Kirby Joseph is Aaron Rodgers' father. I feel pretty confident about our chances against Jordan Love. Again, remains to be seen. We'll see what happens with Jordan Love when he plays an actual defense. We'll see what happens when the Lions come to town a couple weeks from now on Thursday Night Football. But man, if Love ends up being the next quote-unquote legendary Green Bay quarterback, I will be absolutely sick. Oh, Lord. That is going to be a really interesting matchup. But of course, on the other side of the ball, <laughs> we have the Chicago Bears. Chicago's one of the top five cities in America. We all know that. Your team stinks. <laughs> Your team stinks. Not only did we embarrass the Bears twice, embarrass, no pun intended, on paper, they should have taken a step forward. And again, it's only week one. But man, they just look depressing. The defense looks bad. And Justin Fields, man, he can run the ball. I just don't see it. I don't see what all these Bears fans online see in him. I don't know if it's delusion. Maybe I'm just missing something. But again, the Bears are a team that we should handle. The Bears are a team that we should be able to beat twice this season easily. A few more things before we wrap up the meme cast for today. Dan Campbell is pumped. 
to be back at Ford Field. We're all pumped. He said this when talking to reporters this week. I'm expecting it to be loud. I'm expecting, you know, I, I know what Arrowhead is, and it was loud. I expect it to be louder than that. I really do. I just know our fans. I mean, um, and it's going to be, um, it'll be to the point where you, you, you can't hear yourself think. Dan Campbell expects Ford Field to be louder than Arrowhead, which, of course, Arrowhead, the Chiefs stadium, currently holds the record for the loudest NFL stadium. Yeah, I've been to Ford Field when it's loud. Oh, no doubt. Lions fans, all of you, could break that record. Ford Field was sold out and rocking during a preseason home game. Can you imagine what's going to happen when it's regular season action? 1-0 Lions, Seahawks coming to town. Oh, it's going to be loud. Speaking of being back at Ford Field, do y'all have your blue ski mask ready? C.J. Gardner-Johnson is asking all Lions fans to embrace their inner villain, a term coined by Brad Holmes. And I love C.J. Gardner-Johnson because not only is he an elite trash talker, he brings a level of swag and confidence to this team that I don't think they've ever had, or at least not in a very, very long time. And this dude is saying, you know what? We need to be villains. I'm sure... You saw his get-up before and after the game. Like, this dude rocking the blue ski mask. I think it's, personally, I think it's awesome. I think it's hilarious. And probably not the best idea to wear the mask into Ford Field, but take that with you. You wear that bad boy on third down, and guess what? When you're not wearing it, you can wave it like a towel. So, win-win. I really hope to see Ford Field decked out this week. And, oh, yeah, the blue ski masks are sold out on Amazon from multiple vendors. I'm not even kidding. So good luck getting your ski mess and good luck getting your tickets to Lions Seahawks for Sunday. Make sure you join us later this week for our Lions Seahawks game matchup preview. Until then, make sure you get those ski masks ordered. Go Lions. See you later.